everybody, it's Tuesday, July 4th, and you are reaching us to listen to the 7th episode of the Square Time Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Finley. And I am the other guy, Tom Buell. Uh, we have a very special surprise for you today. We are adding in a guest host for this episode, Devin Knight. Hello, I am Devin Knight, and uh, glad to be here. Thanks for being here. Just so we've done this before in the past, where when uh, the audience was first introduced to Nick and Tom, and we'd like you to give us your first, your background in video games, like where you started playing, when you started playing, and then number two, what you're playing now. Okay, well, I started playing video games when I was very young. Um, before I can remember, on PlayStation 1 with uh, Crash Bandicoot and those fun games like Frogger and stuff. And I have basically gotten every console since then. And um, I started online gaming on Xbox 360 with Halo 3. And ever since then, I've just been playing online multiplayer games and um, I basically started PC gaming for the sole purpose of playing online multiplayer games and now I'm playing games like PUBG and um, World of Warcraft online and um, League of Legends and Diablo and you know any any popular game right now that's what I'm playing. Nice that's awesome so uh, PUBG is players unknown battleground and uh, it's a game that has grabbed the gaming community in such a way that we decided that we would do a spoiler cast on a game that doesn't even have a story. Yeah, <coughs> breaking from our tradition, kind of playing with the format a little, see what we exactly. can do. Exactly. Tom, what you told me about how many units this game has sold. How many? It has uh, four million it cracked last week. And it's not going to stop. I think it's going to, especially once consoles, it, it hits consoles. Sure. Devin, how many concurrent players did this have? As of today, they've hit 300,000 concurrent players on Steam. And this all with an early access game. It is quite impressive, to say the least. Um, I believe this game came out of the modding season, scene. Yeah, Devin knows a little bit yeah, more of the so, history. Um, the uh, Player Unknown is the name of the creative director at Blue Hole for this game. His name is Brendan Green, and um, he basically invented the Battle Royale genre of game. Um, he started with creating uh, a Battle Royale game mode mod for the Arma game series. And um, he went on to license his game to Sony Online Entertainment, um, which is now Daybreak Games, for um, an inclusion to their game H1Z1. So he created H1Z1 King of the Kill, which is hugely popular, and uh, a, a very um, entertaining game to watch on live streaming on Twitch. So... After a while, he decided to get enough money to create his own game, which is finally his own version, his vision for the game, and now we have 
player known battlegrounds. Very awesome. Very awesome. This so we've all played as a squad before. We had another person that was going to be on the pod, but he unfortunately couldn't make it this week. Uh, we might grab him on for another game if if uh, the mood arises. And uh, this game really to take. Tom's words for it from Ze from the previous episodes with Zelda is this is a game about player story. Yes, it's every everyone I like who has been playing it I know has like one or two just those stories where oh I either almost made it or how they got to number one, and every time it's always good stories. Yeah, and even. One thing that I do like about this game, and compared to like other competitive multiplayer games, is that it's not really about like your your main focus is to win, but some of the crazy stuff that you get into during one match can leave lasting impressions. And yeah, it's I've heard described as a horror game almost because it leaves you like you have that sense of tension that's constantly building, like. When you get kicked out in the first five minutes, you don't really care as much. But when you've invested the 30 or 40 minutes that it takes to get through a game, you really want to win at that point. And anytime you see someone, it's like, oh, shit, are they going to kill me or am I going to or I'm going to kill them? Probably. So how these games normally start off with is a, a lovely plane ride and then you drop into a deserted island you scavenge for equipment, and then you kill everybody. Your main focus is to kill everybody in the map and to live through these cycles within the game every two to three minutes, and this the circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller, which forces all of the players to get into the circle or take da damage over time. Um, normally, it'll be like 100 people or so, Sometimes you'll have some AFKs or people that leave just before the game starts, so it fluctuates between that 97 mark and that 100 mark. I think Devin's the only person that actually has won a match, so he's... Yeah, what's the highest you've gotten to, Nick? I've gotten second. Second? That's as high as I've gotten to. And Devin, how many times have you won? Um, It's somewhere between 25 and 30 wins. I was at 21 before the server reset about a month ago, and now I have like around five or so. So it's it's up there. I've won a decent amount, and you're absolutely right. Your blood pressure gets pumping the longer you're in that game. Yeah, it's just oh, like yeah for the for the second when I got second, I was I was being that kind of stealthy guy on the outskirts of the circle. And I had the automatic shotgun, and I was picking up people as they went along. And then I got too cocky, and I tried to screen share <laughs> with uh, over Skype with my D and D crew. And when I did that, my mouse got stuck to the side of the my screen, and I couldn't move it. And he saw me and picked me off. Oh. So don't get cocky, yes. kids. Yes, I. My second place one, I. Got down to the last two. I'd killed about five guys, five or six guys in that round. Just I, I think I was prone for about eighty percent of it. Just laying down. Once I got my gear, I was like, "No more gear. This ain't go." Had about eleven shots left. 
so I didn't have too many in uh, Scar. I think I was using that. Saw a guy on the ground, started shooting at him. That was not a guy. Then the guy shot me from behind a tree, and I died. And then gave up the game for about three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Too good. Yes. So, even if you don't play it in single-player mode, you can also play it with a squad of two or a squad of four. And I think that that might be my favorite part of this game. Like, playing it alone is, is fine and frustrating, but playing it with a duo or a quad has been, like, the most rewarding gaming experience for this year. Yeah, it's definitely one of those, like, you don't, I don't care as much when I'm in the duo. It's like, because you can, if you're uh, playing with teams, you go, uh, you go down, you don't get just wiped off, wiped out right away so you have that option you you're more survivable in the duo teams yeah you go down kind of like a gears of war style so your buddy can pick you back up and then you start off with a smidgen of health so you can get picked off right away right after that yeah i actually think the game is much better balanced for duos and squads than it is for solos i'd agree there's been a couple times playing solo where just like Oh, I you just die, you don't know why, and it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. And they've they've done a lot of work to fix a lot of the frustrating, you know, early access problems that this game had at release. And um as of the last update that came out on the 22nd of last month, um I believe that the game is running at a much more acceptable um level of efficiency. Like it doesn't you're not you're not gonna die to something that is absolutely unworldly right now. It's it's pretty much you know you're gonna know if you're gonna win a gunfight or if you're gonna lose a gunfight, and um, it's a lot more satisfying to play right now. Yeah, because they like completely redid the bullet physics, right? Or was it the recoil? Um, they've done a, a little bit of tweaking to the guns, the damage and stuff. Um, most of what was going on in the game is the servers were kind of in a weird spot so I'm, I'm not sure the technic the technicality of everything that happened but essentially what happened was all of the people that were supposed to be playing on the European servers played on the American servers and a lot of American server huh. people were playing on the Asian servers and so these people switching regions to play the game at a it's better for them it's a better connection for them, at least seemingly, because lag um, isn't as noticeable in this game when you're fighting. But to the the home turf people, the EU people that came to to the NA server, it was absolutely atrocious. You know, you you could shoot a guy with three magazines, and he could just shoot you once, and you would die, and he would just walk it off. And it was it was because of uh, of desync and the huge disparity between ping to the server between you know different region people and that's been fixed for the most part so now you don't have crazy deaths where if somebody's shooting at you and you run around a corner you don't continuously take damage after you're around the corner if you run around the corner now the damage stops which is how it should be yeah yeah <laughs> that would be not fun yeah i think so one thing that i've been i've had a really good time with the 
vehicle physics. Uh, it's a little bit janky, but man, is it rewarding to get a, a roadkill on your feed. I've uh, uh, played by myself, like I've been doing that more, uh, just to get that one, that one kill for the match, because. Once I get that one kill out off my out of my system, I'm actually a lot more less nervous. Um, I've gotten so what I would normally do when I first started playing was I would I would bunker down, I would hide in some sort of toilet, bathroom, stall, and then I would slowly make my way into the circle. I'd get into another house, hide out, then slowly get to the next circle hide out and do that and now I'm more uh, aggressive in some of my actions just so I can get that kill and when I do that and don't have that first kill like I am quite literally shaking and when you take a bullet from 250 meters away from like a sniper you don't know where it is you can't even figure out where the flash is coming from sometimes they have different attachments to their weapons that are silencers or flash hiders that kind of hide their character model away from it and in this game particularly there's a lot of pixel hunting yes it's not it's not very graphically intensive but uh trying to find those small little pixels that you're that the enemy players are half a mile quarter mile away is uh, pretty satisfying it's made me realize just how fucking scary scopes are in like real life because like there's a dude like a mile away who can see your every movement but you have no idea he's there and he could like just end you anytime yeah absolutely and it's not 100 percent realistic but it's like that a lot of times in in war nowadays modern war um, the weapons are so long range that a lot of times people don't even know what they're shooting at. They they know they're getting shot from a direction and they shoot in that direction, but they don't know exactly, you know, who's there, how many are there, and you can you can feel that in this game quite a bit. Like you, you start getting shot at, and you hear gunshots in the distance, and you can't um, you can't really panic or be aware of every gunshot you hear. Only when you hear the snapping sound of a bullet hitting close to you, then then you have to worry about, you know, where you're getting shot from and how many people are there, and you know it definitely gets your adrenaline pumping, because this game, as you said, it's pixel hunting. People can be super far away, and you you can you won't even hear the bullet before it hits you. So yeah, that 8x scope is essential. Being able to find a scope, being able to find a backpack since you're this whole game is all about scavenging and then also balancing your time between, hey, I have all this cool shit now. I have, like, two assault rifles, the best backpack you can get, best armor, and then you'll walk around the corner and just die. It's like, oh, I just spent 20, 30 minutes gathering my gear, slowly making my way up, then don't even get to fire a bullet. Yeah, I mean, that's... You know, that's why I say you should always probably try to land in a high population area. Because you're going to have to fight somebody anyway. You might as well fight them in an area where there's good loot. Rather than fighting them in the middle of nowhere. You know, where you might be safe for a little while. But the next guy that you see might have come out of a town fully geared and ready to go. And you're just running around with a shotgun. So, 
Yeah, I definitely had a couple games where it's like, I need to get a backpack. Can't find a backpack. Well, I'll kill a guy. Now I have a backpack. Yeah, this game, it is just stressful. I love it, though. I really, like, it came out of nowhere. I was not like, expecting anything. I had never heard of Player Unknown. I, I saw, first time I saw someone playing it on my Steam's friend list, I was like, that doesn't sound like the name of a real game. <laughs> it is a terrible name that I wish they had, like, changed, but now I guess Player Unknown is going to be, he's on, He's like going to be the next Sid, Sid Meier. Just Player Unknown's boat party or whatever he's doing next. Yeah, that's true. There's been times where it's, as I go along, I kind of, I, I talked to De- Devin quite a bit about this game, or I have in the past, trying to figure out a better way, because I know that I'm not playing this game to the best of my abilities, and like the one way, and how I describe it to other friends is the only way that I can win in this game is if I can outsmart the other player. I can't outshoot them at all, which is why I get into the top 10, and then I I fall at the 7 mark, the 10 mark, and the 5th mark. And even like, I, I just got 3rd about a week ago, and a, a guy drove into the circle, and then just did donuts in the circle, <laughs> while everybody shot at him, and I wasn't shooting at him, because I was trying to keep it safe, and trying to make sure that I could get away from him and from other people. And uh, he ran me over in his donuts. Yeah. So uh, the advice I've heard is be aggressive. Yeah. It's a really strong, strong option. Cause Devin, you're telling me that the, the game will benefit peakers. Yeah. Can you explain that? So, um, I, I'm belie- I believe this system was introduced in uh, Rainbow Six Siege not that long ago when that first came out. It's called a system called f- um, Favor the Shooter. Basically, what that means is if you're camping in a corner somewhere, in a building, if somebody comes around a corner moving, they will have the advantage. The game will register them seeing you and shooting you before you can do the same. It's a huh. system that's supposed to keep camping from being too powerful in this game because you know this game is huge a huge map tons of buildings and um this game like character uh, character models don't stand out as much in this game um so you can you can be laying down in the grass and nobody could see you you could be in a corner so essentially what the system does is it makes it so even though you're camping and you have a direct angle on wherever they're going to come in to your position, um, you'll you will be at a disadvantage by design. But the the flip side of that is they have to know where you are in that room or something in order to beat you. So if if um, let's say you run into a house and I see you run into that house and I see that you go left into the house and I know I've played the game a lot. I know that there's a bathroom over there, so I assume maybe you're in the bathroom. I can run in there, run around the corner into the bathroom and, and shoot you, and I can win that gunfight by design. It's it's designed so that if you run and hide, mechanically the game will allow me to win that gunfight. It's not an instant lose for me. Hmm. It's a very interesting mechanic. I think 
Does Overwatch have that as well? I remember hearing about that. Um, it favors. It does favor the shooter in that game, and because they want. So how they wanted it to do for that game specifically is that they wanted the the shooter to feel like they weren't being robbed, and so in other games, it will. Like if you see, like, cause you're like, oh, I didn't, even, I didn't even feel like I get sh got shot. Um, in like Call of Duty, you have those kill cams where you're, you like, in your screen before you die, you're shooting them and you're seeing the blood splatter, you're seeing them take kind of flinching and all that stuff. But then when you die, you see that that death cam for you and the kill cam, and you'll see him not take any damage or flinch at all. And so that was the way that Blizzard worked Overwatch to make sure that the the shooter wouldn't feel robbed of a kill. That's it. It's definitely helped because I've been liking these shooters. I like. I love Overwatch. I love Pub. PUBG is what I guess we're going to call it. Yeah, player unknowns battlegrounds is kind of a mouthful. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of good. It doesn't like acronym into a good word just pub g but i guess i would just call it pub yeah i think it's tough too when you have uh world of warcraft using battlegrounds and that they're always bgs in in world of warcraft so it's like that it's that gaming lexicon that that kept over for, uh, that's like a held over from that game to make it this because it would just be easy just to call it pub yeah so do you want to talk about the updates that they're playing like we know they're doing vaulting, and then they're bringing two more maps on in this early access game. Because, right, have they talked about how many maps they want to have eventually? Um, right now, I believe it's just the two maps. Um, I, I I'm can't remember off the top of my head exactly this the like detailed um, idea for the maps. I know one of them is supposed to be uh, a modern like city, uh, metropolitan metropolitan area. Um, and the other one is supposed to be in the f like a Brazilian forest or something like that. Yeah, um, I'm not 100% sure, but they definitely have two maps planned. Um, they're adding in a vaulting system, which is very much needed because yes. the j the jumping I isn't uh, isn't quite up to par. No, because a lot of the uh, like fences are like concrete fences around it will have. Round buildings will have holes that you think you can jump over, but you just can't. It's sad. They've done quite a bit of updates to the guns and adding guns, even though this isn't... Yeah, they're adding a Glock soon. No, right? that's in the game. That's in the yep. game already? It came out okay. this patch. Um, you know, despite the fact that it's early access and they're working on optimization and stability so that people can run the game... Um, they are. They have a separate team that does development. They've added in um, three new vehicles already. They've added in um, a vector SMG, which was important because before that gun was in the game, the only gun that would ever use 45 caliber bullets was the 45 pistol, and um, it needed. Th there needed to be another gun that used the same bullets, so they added in that vector SMG. They added in um, a VSS sniper rifle, subsonic uh, silenced barrel sniper rifle 
that uses nine. There's very little yeah, damage. Yeah, it is. It is crap damage, but it's subsonic, so people can't even hear you shoot it, which is useful in its own way. And it uses nine millimeter rounds, which is important because nothing else used nine millimeter other than, um, yeah, the pistols and the Uzi and the UMP SMGs, and um, they've added in with this patch. They added in a uh, bullpup. 7.62 submachine gun that's crate exclusive and they've added huh. in uh, the Glock which I believe you can just find anywhere. I haven't found one hmm. yet but um, I know they plan on adding more guns they've added in three vehicles um, they've added in a motorcycle with a sidecar they originally had uh, a four seater like a coupe looking car. Yeah, then the Jeep, right? Y yeah, and then they had a Jeep, and that was it. Oh no, they had a buggy as well. They had a two-seater uh, dune buggy looking thing. So they've added in a three-seater motorcycle with a sidecar. They've added in a normal motorcycle with just two seats. And, um... I s oh no, they, they didn't add three vehicles, but they added in like different colors of other cars. Oh, okay. So I misspoke. So yeah, it's only the two motorcycles that are that are new. There's also boats to get around, but there's not a whole lot of waterways on the map. The map is mostly land, but boats can be useful to get to and from different parts of the map. Yeah, because there's like the main island and then there's like the military base sub-island. Yeah. That's kind of like where the boats go the best. Yeah, and today me and Tom got fourth for our duo. Just before this, we wanted to kind of jump into this podcast with some sort of uh, feeling for the game and that we actually noticed we we just stumbled across when we I I not we I flipped the car yes <laughs> we had to, we ran back and Tom said that he saw two motorcycles and they were just that's what you flipped on oh, oh okay well that, that's why they were hiding in the bushes and then you drove over them yeah there were two motorcycles without the without the sidecars and so we rolled around as biker boys for a little bit and uh, got pretty far, and then we got stuck behind a uh, rock wall next to the beach, and we died outside the circle trying to get into um, get into the circle again. We we played a little too safe when we were um, we were stalking these two people. Yeah, there were about ten people left. Yeah, and then it, right after we passed on to the next world, it went down to five people. So take your shot, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we had some good shots that we could have done, but didn't take them because we want to be stealthy. Play this game almost like Metal Gear. Like just when I play a Metal Gear game, I'm usually like just in the like prone. Well, I'm, th I'm more thinking like Metal Gear Solid Three, like prone and in the grass so they can't see you, and taking shots from the grass. Right. And this game, um, it's it's hard to put into words like the feeling of the game. Because it's more of like an experience-based, you know, game. You have to play it to really understand what's happening. But I honestly think that getting into gunfights isn't necessarily a good thing. The game's called, you know, Battlegrounds, and you're, it's a Battle Royale game, and you're supposed to be the last man standing. But a good, valid strategy that's worked for me a lot recently is I don't even... I avoid fighting as much as possible. You know, if I can... If I can uh, take somebody out and I know there's nobody else around I'll do it 
but if I can just avoid the fight and make sure I stay within the safe zone and make it to the end, um, it becomes extremely easy to win once you get used to just avoiding fights and making sure nobody's behind you and just moving with a purpose to make sure you're in the safe zone. You know, don't take unnecessary fights and you'll 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 find yourself in the top 10 more often than not just by avoiding unnecessary fights. Because like I said, you can hear the gunfire from across the map. And if people hear you shooting, a lot of people what they'll do is they just want to fight. You know, they play the game and they just want to shoot people. So they'll just run to the gunfire. And a lot a big portion of the 100 people that start on that map will get taken out fairly soon after just because they want to fight. That's all they want to do. And I think that... Yeah, I've definitely had... No, go ahead. Had some matches where it's like, oh, it's been two minutes, but like 50 people have died yeah. somehow. And it's it's because a lot of people will jump to the military island, which I don't recommend 100% of the time. I think once you get used to landing in a high population area and fighting people and you get comfortable and you know you're able to win gunfights then it becomes a lot easier to pick and choose your fights you know um before you really get into that groove of you know being able to win gunfights consistently it becomes it's more of a it's more of a survival game than it is you know a battleground game you just you get in the map you want to find gear armor helmets stuff like that backpack and medical equipment and you just want to survive until the end you know hopefully make do with you know the five or six people left at the end of the game when you're still alive um, but I've seen people win with no kills I've seen people win huh. um, barehanded that just be like they die outside of the circle yeah for no kills. I actually had uh, multiple of my wins there were three people alive including myself and I shot one of the people and the other guy died to the gas right after so it happens more often than not people don't realize that there is a safe zone and you have to continuously move to it if you take time to get in a gunfight especially in the later stages of the game um, you're gonna get caught by the gas and it will chew you up fairly quickly yes like the first round of the like wall or gas like is pretty slow you can pretty much dampen that with the energy drink or painkillers which will are heal like heal over time items, but as you get deeper into the match, it's just like almost instant death. Yeah, I think this game, if you like stealth, you can play it like a stealth game. If you like nonstop action, gung ho, you can play it like that. You can actually just play the game with a car. You can drive around in a car, find gas cans, and just run people over and win the game like that. I've seen it done. So this game allows you to play however you want to play, and that's what's really cool about it. Yeah. So what? makes this the like reigning king versus h1z1 king of the kill i think it has a lot to do with it's kind of like i don't know like a word for it but back when xbox 360 was the king of consoles everybody had an xbox 360 and then the xbox one had a bad marketing campaign and, and a few people decided they were going to buy playstations and so their friends joined them on playstation and now playstation has more players I think that same thing happened with Battlegrounds. I think that um, people liked the H1Z1 game style that PlayerUnknown had, you know, brought to the mainstream. Created, yeah. And I think that word of mouth, people just saying that this game was more enjoyable, just a few people bought it at first, tried it out, and brought their friends. 
because this is a very easy game to convince your friends to play with you. It's very fun. You can play together, and you know it's a good time. It's not. It's not stressful. Uh, it's not really rage inducing. It's just more of you know you're trying to win with your friends, and there's no real loss. You're not losing anything for dying. You know you just you just play again. Yeah, it's only like a minute. Yeah. And I think that's I think it's just a bandwagon. I think people got the game and and brought their friends over. And uh, word of mouth, people found out that PlayerUnknown actually made H1Z1, and he's he jumped ship and makes his own game now. So I think, I think H1Z1's all but done for now. I think this game is very fair, and uh, like yes. some of the like the best things about this game was just like some of the just shenanigans shenanigans that you can get into. Like there's a lot of like streamers that are out there that are very very good at this game and it's impressive to see what they are able to pull off in those games and then to try to mirror that in your own playstyle is is very fun and it's one of those games that you can you can watch and you can learn like there's some games like Overwatch or that have like a higher skill cap than others and pub is something that's that's fair that you can outsmart and outwit your opponent. Um, like for, like uh, I was playing with uh, another friend of mine, Jordan, and a shout out to Jordan. And uh, we were we were riding around in a in a dune buggy, and we we decided that we would chase down these these group of people, and we we lost them on the road, and so we kept going, and then we saw another another group of two. They were hanging out trying to get into two motorcycles with both had sidecars and they were going to ride around with those motorcycles we turned i flipped the dune buggy into a rock i jump out jordan gets shot he gets he falls down i pick off from left to right and take out those two people and they both die pick him back up we get into the 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 motorcycles right after that we sneak up on two other guys and then uh, we just like we just walk across them basically. They're laying down trying to get the lay of the land, I guess. And we shot them in the head right in the back, and then we got picked off from a sniper rifle from another house, and we laughed the entire time. Yeah, I actually think that this game, um, the skill ceiling isn't very high. You know, the mechanics of actually playing the game aren't hard to learn. I think once you get those down. It's all about decision making. It becomes like a psychological game. Like you want to move correctly, position yourself properly. Um, I, I honestly, I don't believe that the the firefights in this game are very difficult to win. I think it's more about positioning. If you see them before they see you, you can win that gunfight almost 100 percent of the time. So I mean, that's what's important. Exactly. Do you think there's like real esports potential in this? Um, I I'm not sure right now. Um. They are doing a tournament as we speak. Uh, we can't watch it, but it is going on. It's a doubles tournament. They did do a doubles tournament in May, um, a charity tournament. And the only problem with doing esports at the moment is their spectator um, client is not up to par right now, and that's the only problem. But I've heard they're they're redoing it. They're making it like Dota two. Where you can just choose whatever, like match you want to go, and you just like go to whatever player and watch from that. I don't angle. know. That sound that would be amazing for this game because 
as Nick pointed out, it's it's a excellent game to learn from just just watching. And uh, I think esports for this game is is you know it can be it can be big, but I think that Player Unknown has stated that he d- he wants it to grow organically. He doesn't want to push it. Which is like we don't want another uh, what was it evolve? Yeah, or that was a game that was positioned as an esport and then died within a month. And I think that you know this game competitively, um, what separates the good players from an average player is is you know good decision making, accuracy with your shots, knowing what to pick up, what not to pick up, you know, when when to get in a car, when not to get in a car. And I think that you know it could be very entertaining to watch. And I think that it can be very competitive once they get the balance and uh, the game running as smooth as they can and, you know, update their spectator client. I have absolute, you know, faith in the developers that they're going to do what needs to be done to make sure this game, you know, stays fresh and relevant and just fun to play. Well, they have the money now. Yeah, absolutely. They, I have a funny... Uh, it's kind of funny because they, Player Known and Blue Hole, were developing this game for a while, and they weren't going to do early access. And I myself don't really, I, I don't like early access because it just, you know, a lot of my early access games never leave early access; they just stay early access forever. Daisy, for example, that's been alpha for four years now, I think, going on. It's absurd. So, you know, I don't, I don't like. Early access, and I don't want. I don't usually like to support early access, you know, unless there's there's a good promise, and I have, you know, I can have faith in them. So the developers, this this wasn't a money making scheme. They didn't need the money to make the game. They were going to make the game anyway. They decided last minute to put it on early access, and with the promise that it will be on full release in six months. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we had. Let me check what patch. It was week 13 patch that came out on the 22nd of June. So, this week's patch will be week 14. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm too lazy to do the math on that, but six months is is a good amount of time. Uh, 26 weeks. Yeah, so they're about halfway. So, I mean, they've done a huge improvements. Like I said, the game at its core right now is excellent. It's It's yeah. very fun. It's definitely worth the money. Um, and it's only thirty bucks. Yeah, exactly. And, but the problems that persisted for the first few weeks were, you know, a little discouraging at first. But they they've gone beyond what you know anybody would expect them to do, um, as far as fixing what's wrong with the game and making sure that it runs, even on the lower spec PCs. And uh, you know they they keep us up to date every week on what they're doing, and they're very open about the development process. So I have faith. Yeah, the only real early access issue I've run into is right now. I think it's my P- I CPU is limiting it. But when I drop down, some of the houses won't be fully loaded in. They'll look like just messy textures that I can't actually go into. And sometimes it'll take up to a minute. So if, I've, if I'm landing in like a highly contested area, I'm just like, shit out of luck. And I've like tried messing with my settings. And it does help a little. That just comes down to um, optimization. They just need to make it so it runs at a at a set standard for every PC that can run it. You know, yeah. I my PC specs 
are are just above the minimum requirements to run the game, and mm -hmm. that means I should be able to run it at 60 frames always on on low settings. I I will yes. be lucky if I average 60 frames. I get between 60 and 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 50 right now. It used to be a lot worse. It used to be like 20 frames. So I mean, it's definitely moving in the right direction. It's definitely getting improved. This is definitely a game you want 64. Yeah. 60 frames per second. I, I, have they said on consoles how many, like, what they're targeting on FPS-wise? Um, I believe it runs 30. But it's 30. it already runs way better than it does on PC. Because huh. everybody has the same hardware on Xbox. You know, it's it's much, much yeah, it's much easier to optimize it for that specific device. And it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, like, that'd be a fun console game, I think. Like, the shooting's not so complicated where, like, you would need a mouse and keyboard. I'd probably like it more, because uh, they had a free weekend for the anniversary of Overwatch's release, and I jumped on Overwatch on the console, and I, I, I haven't played it since the beta, and... I was really digging it, and I was just demolishing folks. It's so much easier on console. I'd be really interested. Like, I'm probably going to pick it up again for the console just so I can win a match. Right. And I'd <laughs> love to, because everybody would just be just starting out. There's going to be those, those few people that, that do exactly what I'm going to do, but I'd love to pull that off, and especially with some of the people that I have on the consoles. Like, I think that, that would be a fun place for us to reconnect on because as consoles continue to upgrade and uh, have player players fall off and then join the PlayStation or go back to the Xbox or play most of their games on the Switch, uh, people and friend groups kind of just get divided up between the different consoles and the different PCs and the different formats for it because I know a lot of people that don't have the money to spend on upgrading a PC, but they'll play League of Legends forever. At like 20 frames a second on their <laughs> laptop. Exactly. And so it's just, it's it'll be good. Like, I, I just always really enjoyed these competitive multiplayer games, and it's always because of the the memories you share with your, your buddies. Yeah, I actually have a good story about uh, Battlegrounds when I was playing squads. Um... So, one of my friends, so I, I don't remember everything about the match, but I remember we were at the bottom of a hill, with, and we had a jeep, and one of our friends pushed up the hill on foot, and I took myself and two other of my teammates, because it's a max of four, and we drove up this hill, and my friend that was at the top of the hill said, there's a jeep up here. And he didn't say where, so I just I was driving, so I just kept driving up the hill. And then as I got up there, I noticed that there were three. Of, uh, it was either three or four, a full team of, of enemy players surrounding my teammate, and he's he's in this little wooden shack <laughs> at the top of this hill. And I uh, I stopped the car at the top of the hill, not in cover. I hopped. I, I jumped out of the car, ran behind cover, and all of my teammates got downed, but none of them got finished. Because um, when you down somebody in Battlegrounds, you can continue to shoot them and they'll die. Um, uh -huh. But, <laughs> so they didn't get down. So what I did was, 
I I took out two two guys or something, two or three. I I'm pretty sure it was three because I I took out two. I took out one guy that was pretty close to me. He's pushing me. I took out another guy who was a little bit further away on the top of the hill. And the third guy had my teammate pin that was in the shack. And I, I barely outgunned him. I was a very low health. And as I as I killed all these guys and started picking my team back up, they were like, What happened? And I was like, dude, you didn't tell me that there were that they were right here. You just said there was a Jeep. I didn't know there was people. <laughs> and it was just it was just a really funny moment. And it was it was it was just I don't know. It just brought a smile to my face that the comedy in that aspect. <laughs> this is very much a there, there's a lot of comedy to be found in this game. It's fun. This is a game I like to watch almost as much as I like to play. Where like you just watch some like awful people play, but like they're having a good time. So it's like let's just do the stupidest thing. Let's go all get dune buggies and drive right. through the red zone. And I, I had another game where in squads. There's a lot of farmland on the map, and we had the ending circle was closing in on that f- on some farmland, and my whole team of four was proned out, crawling on our stomachs through the grass of the farmland, and we just crawled our way to the circle, and there was teams all around us on foot getting killed right next to us. It was hilarious, and then <laughs> as we finally pushed into the last circle... Uh, two of my teammates had, had gotten killed, and me and my me and my one of my last teammates <laughs> got to the final circle, and there was just one rock in the circle, and the dude, there was two guys at that rock, and we just we didn't stand a chance. We we're just standing in an open field, but it was hilarious to just be crawling through this field for like what seemed like forever. It was about ten minutes of just prone <laughs> crawling through. Oh wow! <laughs> just through some grass. It was it was pretty funny. That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, another game that he bringing up, like, uh, fun to watch, and then sometimes, like, I had a good time playing it, but that Hitman Season 1, like, I remember talking about it with Tom, and we both liked watching it, and I really liked playing it, and Tom, you had a different opinion on it. I, I've eventually, I've come around on it, Okay. where I like Hitman now. Yeah. I, it took me a while. I, it's just learning to have fun with that game, and not just... My problem was I was just following the opportunities like beat for beat. Oh yeah. Not trying to make my own path. For sure. And yeah, like that one is a, it's more scripted for the majority of the game and what you've seen from streams on it has been pretty fun to see what can happen when you break those scripts and uh, make them work to your advantage. And in this game, like there is, there's no forced scripts whatsoever. The opportunities are, you're gonna go into this building, try to get a sweet scope, try to get a level three backpack so you can carry around all of your health kits, and then, uh, and then die giving them to somebody in the middle. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and another thing, there is this red zone that spawns on the map. It's a big red circle, and it drops artillery. And you don't want to get hit by that. And what's funny is, when the game first came out, that artillery, honestly, I believe that it didn't do anything. I believe that it just didn't ha- it didn't <laughs> program the damage or something. So I would just walk through it at the beginning of the game. The first, yeah, the first few weeks really? of the game, I would just walk through it. I even got hit a few times and just took no damage. And I was like, whatever, dude. No problem. And I honestly believed that it couldn't kill you. Until... 
I was playing squads, and some some guy who I had never played with before, just you know, a friend of a friend, was driving this buggy. It's only a two-seater buggy. One guy's in the cage of you know driving, and the other guy's sitting on a chair facing backwards on top of the vehicle, expo- completely exposed. And I, I was in the back, and as we were driving to get to the the, the safe zone, the red zone spawned, and yeah. And two of our teammates were in another buggy, and we were in, you know, our buggy. And he decides to cut through the red zone, and I kid you not, the first bomb that dropped blew us up and killed us. I was like, I cannot believe what just happened. Like, after that, after that moment, I've always been extremely cautious of, of red zones. Yeah, I've not I, I, I've never really been afraid of red zones. It's just like, oh, I'll just go in a house or something. Because I feel like the red zone's so big, but they're like... There's only a couple artillery shells that land, so you you're kind of safe, but you're not safe at yeah. all. I mean, I had I had one, I died to the artillery. I was uh, playing solo. I, I'm pretty sure I had like two or three kills. I was doing good. I had good equipment, and I had to run extremely far to get to the safe zone. I, I dropped in a bad spot, and as I was running, um, <laughs> I got to the south side of a big, the central town with the farmland. And there's only the only building in sight was these the two big you know farm buildings, and I was pretty far away, and the red zone had already spawned. And I'm sprinting full speed to get into this building. I open the door, and the first bomb that drops kills me right there at the door of the the building. I was oh. like, this twice now. This is this is. If only I'd pressed F fast enough. Yeah, it, it's absurd. Like the the red zone is literally, it ruins my plans. Like, if even if I have even if I have thirty seconds to get to the safe zone. And there's a straight shot, and I start running, and the red zone will always, it always spawns in front of me, and I can't, I have to go around. Like, I can't run straight, otherwise I'm going to die. So, it definitely adds some chaos to the game. I, I, I kind of find it almost peaceful when you're, like, inside and you're like, just seeing the bombs drop. It's like, that's the one time I feel safe, because, you know, everyone else is hiding, so they're not going to be coming for you. Yeah. If you're in the red zone, you know, and I've seen people that that's do what I used to do, and they just don't care. They will just run through it or drive through it, and you know, they're the lucky ones. Yeah, until they're not. Yeah, one thing that we didn't mention either was that sometimes the game actually drops you supplies, and then so a plane will go by, just the same kind of plane that dropped you off in the beginning of the match, and it'll just fly over. You can hear it come through, and um, and then it'll just drop a fat supply crate. Yeah, the care package. And uh, and it'll parachute down. Yep, a lovely care package. What is it? What's in it? Primary. I've never actually gotten. So, I. It's like a Tommy gun you can get. Yeah. So I kid you not. Like twenty of my, you know, twenty-five or so victories have been from a weapon from that care package. Really? They're ex- they're extremely powerful guns. They're game-changing guns, and. I know. I don't know the exact math. Uh, you know how many care packages get dropped. Sometimes the plane will drop two care packages on its path. Huh. You never know, but it doesn't drop a whole lot. Like there's maybe six in a whole game, and what can be spawned in there is the AWM 50 caliber sniper rifle that one hits you through. It'll one hit you through a level three helmet, I believe. Holy shit! Yeah, y- you're not safe from that thing. It it, it only spawns with 18 shots, though, so you got to be careful. Um, the M24 sniper rifle, uh, which uses 7.62, uh, 
that thing will one-shot you through a level 2 helmet. Level 3 will save you, but... You know, that that's my favorite sniper. I've won more games with that than anything else, I feel like. It just, you know, the 7.62 rounds aren't rare. They, you know, no. you can get them anywhere, so... You get a lot more shots with that one. Um, and then, as you said, the Tommy gun is in there. It uses 45 caliber SMG. It's terrible. It has terrible accuracy. I, the first time I ever used it, I won a game with it. Really? Because, yeah, I was on... I was. It was the very last circle. It was me and another guy in squads. <laughs> All this stuff happens in squads, apparently. <laughs> but it was me and one other guy he, on uh, on opposite side of this big boulder on the coastline. And I had a Tommy gun, and I was like, you know what? I've never used this. So I pulled the Tommy gun out. I switched it from single shot to full automatic. And I, I sprinted at this guy and unloaded, like, 70 shots. And it has 100 <laughs> shots in the clip. Damn. So, yeah, I didn't have to reload. I just ran in there and held down my trigger until he died. And I almost died as well, but I won the game. So that's cool. Um, that gun's terrible. That's, that's one you don't want to see in the crate. Um, there's also an uh, M249, the, or also known as the Saw. LMG okay. is in that crate, and that thing, uh, I've seen a video of somebody winning a squad game solo, just with sure. that gun. They, they basically take that gun, and they sit on a bridge, and you can just blow up cars with that thing, like it's nothing. Wow. It's just so many shots, 100 rounds, and, you know, it's a good time, but the crate is definitely game-changing, like, you, you want to get that. Okay. I've always avoided it. I mean that's also a good strategy, you know. Every but like, yeah, yeah it's game changing. So people, people want to it. get to it. So yeah, avoiding it or going for it, you, it's either all in or completely not in at all. There's no fifty fifty. You can't you can't go near the crate and just white wait because you know half the server is going to be running towards that thing. Yeah, that one time that we got it in a duo match was, we we were we were waiting in the circle. And it just dropped right next to us, and the like I think it was the 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 it was the machine gun. The might it might have been the one that you were just talking about. And so, uh, first time trying it out, I give it to my buddy. I normally drive, so we drove in a dune buggy, and uh, we drove and chased somebody down. And I was hoping that we could just like blow them up. I just wanted a cool scene, a cool action movie scene, and try to chase them down and blow them up. And they flipped right in front of us, and we did a drive-by trying to shoot them down, and we just got annihilated as we drove by. They just shot the dune buggy all the way up, and then uh, we went over the ledge, and then as we were going over the, we were doing a little sick air move, and my buddy goes down and drops out of the dune buggy with that gun, and I tried to, I, they don't, they aren't able to pick him off, and, uh, they, they pincer us, they split off as a duo, and they come around, so I'm looking at the guy on my far right, and I'm about to pop him with a shotgun, and then, uh, I turn to my left, and there's just a guy just running up to me, and filling me full of lead. Wow. Yeah. So, it's good stuff. Uh, so, does anybody have any final words? This is a good game. I don't know. Uh, Blue Hole is a weird developer name. <laughs> it's just a game full of weird names. Yeah, I will say that I'm very skeptical when it comes to early access games, like I've mentioned. You know, 
it's it's always sketchy to, to know that your game might not ever come out full release. Um, I I gotta say this game has changed my opinion on early access games completely. Um, early yeah, access done right. Exactly. You know, this this is definitely up there as one of my top ten games ever played. Oh wow! This is I'm not probably not top ten uh, games ever played for me, but this is definitely one of my favorite games of this year, and I'm loving every minute. It's. It's definitely going to change things going forward, because I I I want to say it's going to be the next paradigm shift that like Modern Warfare One was in shooter design, because it's been pretty static for the last ten years. It's been the level up and just deathmatch style games, and this is adding a different element to that. That I hope I want to see like a AAA developer put this kind of mode and see like what their take on it is like what if like dice put this in a battlefield right. game and I, I mean i have 246 hours played on battlegrounds and it doesn't feel like i've played it that much like time flies when you're having fun and i gotta say it doesn't feel like i've played 246 hours of this game in four months three months when did it come out 13 weeks ago so about three and a half months okay so marchish yeah, so, I mean, I played this game religiously when it first came out. I haven't been playing it as much lately, but it's definitely one of my favorite games to just pick up and play. For sure. Uh, you can find us at uh, Square Time Pod on Twitter. That's where it is, at Square Time Pod. And then we also uh, like, rate, subscribe, shout from the top uh, on iTunes. That helps us a lot. So, if you want to do that, help us. You can find me at the Time Waffle. On Twitter. You can find me at Nikolai on the Twitter. Devin, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Devin Knight, XZXC, sorry, IV, the Roman numerals from 1994, which is the year I was born. Yep, thank you, everybody. Thank you. And happy 4th of July. Yes. Go enjoy some murder for 4th of July. Enjoy some murder. <laughs> and some uh, fireworks for that in that red zone. Yep. <laughs> And uh, so that will do it for episode 7 of the Square Time Podcast. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Devin. Thank you, Nick. Yep, thank you. And thank you for sharing some of your Square Time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Square Time Podcast. This episode was on Players Unknown Battleground, a Blue Hole production. All sound and gameplay audio were taken live via the actual gameplay. Your hosts this week were Nick Finley, Tom Buell, and Devin Knight. We thank Devin for joining us this week. Editing was conducted by Nick Finley and Tom Buell. Sound mixing was done by Nick Finley. Music provided for this episode was from The Dining Room on SoundCloud. A friend of the show, Kalita Bibi. We thank him for his amazing music. Thanks and have a wonderful 4th of July.